Hey y'all, welcome back. It's Satan and Sassy. My name's Cassie and welcome to my podcast. Let's get ready to work. So I'm going to do something new and it's called an encouragement blast and something to just encourage you along the way. And if you heard a couple of the songs then you know what this is going to be about. And today's segment is called Pour Me Out. Yes, you heard it right. Pour Me Out. So let's get ready to work. Child, child, chunny, chunny, honey, chunny, child, 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 chunny, honey. Have you ever felt like you just been empty? <laughs> like you just doing everything that you can and you just on empty. Like you have nothing left. You're just on empty. You're just low on everything. You're low on your faith. You're low on your willpower, your drive, just everything. Like you're driving in your car and like, all the lights is on. Like the check engine light is on. The high beam lights is on. The oil lights is on. You need windshield wiper liquid. Like you, everything is just needed. <laughs> okay. Like you're just on low, but you're too tired to go to the mechanic. So like, I don't know about y'all, but like in our household, you you know how you just know your car. Like you just sit the session. You get to a point where you're just kind of like, like. I know I need gas. The gas light is on, but I know my car. I can get through. Let me go home. If I go home right now and I don't drive, I can go get gas in the morning. And then you wake up in the morning, you're just like, I really don't want to go get no gas. But if I go straight to work and after I get out of work, I hit that gas station, I'll have enough gas. To get. Like, you know, because you just don't got the 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 drive to do nothing because you just on empty. You just on empty. You just be low. You ever been like that? Especially in your faith? When you are empty, on empty, and you just be like, I have nothing else to give. <laughs> like, I have nothing. Like, you have no strength. Like, people be trying to say, like, I, if I say, like, one more time, child, help me, Lord. People be trying to make it seem like when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, like, life is supposed to be easy. And it's not. It's easier because you have somebody to fall back on. But life is just as rough as everybody else. We just had different tools. But we still go through cycles. We still go through things. And I remember a time in my life where, like, my sister was going through her pregnancy. And I was standing on faith for her. And my dad was getting sick. And I had my own personal issues. And I was just, I'm the sister that gives, like, financially, emotionally spiritually like I had a little sister group going on and I was giving you know sending little voice not voice messages but like sending little um YouTube messages and you know giving little words of encouragement really supporting them and I had one time I was like y'all I don't got nothing okay don't look for me for no prayer don't look for me for no no words of encouragement don't look for me for no questions like I ain't got it okay (laughs) okay assist ain't got it I'm all set. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm on empty and I'm real scared because I'm really on empty. But I don't even have the urge to go and get filled at the gas station. Like, I don't even have, you know, sometimes we get like that. Like, we know that we need to go to God to get filled up, but we don't even have the urge to go get filled up because we're just tired. So we're kind of like, Jesus, no, come here. <laughs> okay. You, you, draw nigh on to me <laughs> because I just don't have the energy. You'd be exasperated and you're like, remember Martha in the story of Martha and Mary and she was hollering at Jesus and was like, so you not going to tell Mary to help me because I know you see me doing this catering and hosting these people and Mary's at your feet listening and stuff and I'm stressed out. And Jesus kind of was like, Mary is concerned about the things that are important, sis. You worry about all this extra stuff. And at first, 
I kind of felt some type of way because I could identify with Martha. See, people always look at Martha like she was just trying to do works. Like, oh, Martha was just worried about the wrong thing. But no, no, Martha... Maybe it's just because I identify with her, so maybe I'm biased. But Martha was doing stuff that we tend to do on a regular basis. See, Mary and Martha were were rich, okay? So, Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is popular, right? Okay, I mean, well, he's popular. People are not like him, but they respect his word or they, or not. Nah, because, you know, the Sadducees, they was always trying to trick him. But either way, you know what I mean? He popular. He popping. Okay, so it was an honor for him to come to the house and whatever. So, Martha, she pulling out the finest linens, the finest meats, you know, the good fruits. You know, he had all the, the, the gistas and bettys, all the good stuff thrown in. You know, they, they, they needed the water. So she had all the good fish, you know, and they all the good olives and things like that. So I'm sure her and the servants was working overtime. And, you know, now Jesus is the son of God. She making sure he getting the right stuff. I'm sure she was stressed out. I'm sure at some point Martha was like, I would like to sit down. But she's making sure that everything runs around in the house. You know, everything runs perfectly in the house. How many of us do things because we know that things have to be in order And we have the mindset that if I don't do it, who will? Because what the conversation that's not spoken about is that had she not did it, would the house be in order? See, people often look at or not don't. People often overlook what you really do and what you really contribute to the house or to the family or to whatever um, situation that you add to. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a planner. In my group of friends, I plan. That's my thing. That's my strong suit. I plan stuff. My friends typically go along with it because it just works better for that because I think about the things that they don't. I don't, you know, it took me a long time to accept it. I accept it now. But, like, when you don't plan and you let people do what they want to do, they start to see the things that you contributed that they didn't think about. And now they get to see the struggles of the planner. So I was taken back because I'm like, I mean, the bigger picture, of course, the moral of the story is like, we worry about these things that tend to not matter long term. So yes, Mary was at the feet of Jesus getting the teaching because Jesus ultimately wasn't going to be there for long. So, you know, take advantage of the teaching while it's here, you know, while he's in the, I'm sorry, I'm getting text messages while he is in our presence get the teaching because there's going to come a day where no man can work. I understand that full hard, wholeheartedly. I get the message, but I'm also saying at the same time, we get caught up in things that matter to us in the moment, but they might not matter long-term, but they matter at that moment. So what happens when you're in that moment and all these things matter because they rely on you and you have nothing else to give? What do you do then? What do you do when you're the only one in your family that has the strong enough faith and you're carrying the people? Because it's easy to say biblically, you don't carry nobody. You, you know, you cast your kids upon the Lord. You know, you let them at the altar. And I mean, don't get it twisted. That's very true. I do not encourage anybody or endorse the thought of you are carrying people unless you, that is the gift that God has given you and you are travailing for the people. That's all I'm saying. But the reality is, is that we carry them. We carry their hurts. We carry their weights. We carry the burdens. We do. Sometimes willingly and unwillingly. But what happens when you're the only one in your family that has the faith? What happens 
when you're the only one that has the faith that God is going to turn around the situation, but it looks worse than when it started? What happens when you thought the answer was really going to be a yes and God says no? What happens when you're relying on God for a healing and the healing isn't coming the way you expected? I remember there's this woman in my church who to her dying breath believed that God was going to heal her from cancer. She went to her grave saying that God was going to raise her up out of that bed. And the thing that I didn't understand, because at the time I was, um, well, I was, yeah, I was fairly new to um, the faith and stuff. And um, she just kept believing it. She's like, Sandra, God is going to get me up out of this bed, child. And, I, and she helped me get my first job. I'll never forget her. And um, she believed it till she went down. But what she didn't, what I grew to understand is that. It didn't, the healing didn't come the way that she wanted in the physical, which I expected, you know, I expected God to raise her about that bed. But what she was doing was that she was encouraging the faith and the unbelievers in her family. So what if the healing that you're asking for God to be physical is actually a spiritual healing that's happening within your family, but you don't see it. So now you're exhausted. You're empty because you can't see the promise that you think God is give, supposed to give to you because you're expecting it a different way. You know what I mean? What happens then? What do you do? What do you do? And that's why I picked the topic, pour me out. Because sometimes we feel we feel so empty, but we feel so stripped instead of us pouring out. And sometimes you have to get to that place. Like I got some with my sisters in Christ and I said, I have nothing left. You got to go to God and say, I have nothing left. Like my boyfriend is acting crazy. My kids are acting crazy. This relationship's not working out. This job is making me lose my mind. You know, I don't know where the money is coming from. I don't know where my church home is. What's going on in my church home? The devil's wreaking havoc. I don't know if I belong here anymore. I don't know if you're shifting me. I don't know, God. I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm trying not to lose my faith because I know that you're real. But sometimes I don't know if I'm serving the God of my life or the God of my ancestors' life because honestly, Jesus, truthfully, seriously, if I want to be real with you, God, and don't feel like this is working out in my favor, you said that all things were together for the good for them that love you. I said I loved you, okay? I tried to love you the best of my ability, you know, and I'm sure grace covers the rest of it, but Jesus, help me, Lord. Help, 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 my leg, help. What happens? What happens when we get there? What do we do? What do we do? Honestly, truthfully. And I'm here to tell you. You have to go to God. (laughs) With your heart that is empty and you ask him to fill you. And you get into a place of worship. Like I am a worshiper at heart. I sing praise and worship at my church. I'm a worship leader. But I've learned that worship is more than singing a song. Worship is more. Well, it is a lifestyle, but it's more than that. Worship is a form of warfare. You've got to get into a place where you're just worshiping God, not for what he's done, not for what he does, but for who he is. Because the fact of the matter is if God doesn't do another thing, he's already done enough. If he doesn't heal you, is he still worthy of praise? If he doesn't work out the circumstance, is he still worthy of praise? If he doesn't give you that job, if he doesn't give you more than enough, if he doesn't do what you want him to do in your life, do you still give your life over to him? 
Because we often talk about getting out on that water, you know, stepping out of the boat. I'm stepping out on the boat. I'm doing like Peter. I'm stepping on the boat and I'm walking on water. But how can you walk on water if you can't trust the one that controls the water? When you can't, when you can't trust the one that controls the waves, the wind, how, how it's easy to say these church cliches and these, this Christian rhetoric, but if you don't know him for yourself, if you don't trust him for yourself, how spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. That my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. You better stop singing these songs if you don't mean it. Take me deeper than my feet have ever wandered. Nah, hold on God. Wait a minute. (laughs) It's easy to say these things when you're deep in worship, when you're deep in praise. But do you mean them? Because God, he hears you. Okay, just because you out of the emotion don't mean that 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 thou wasn't made to the Lord. You have to be aware of what you're saying and you have to be aware of the God that you serve and know that he's able to do it. Pour me out. Don't get lost in the sauce. Don't forget that you too need a refreshing Don't forget that you too need to look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Don't forget that you too have access to the same throne that you access for everybody else. Because what I found late in my Christian walk was that I was able to get to heaven first for everybody else. But I was always the last one to get there for me. Take time for yourself. Take time. You can't keep stepping out on faith for for everybody else, but you can't step out for yourself. Whether it's grief your finances, your love life, or your desire for higher employment, or your desire for children, pour it out before God and watch him restore you. Because he is the restorer. The restorer. He's the one that fights your battle. Jehovah Gaborah. It's my favorite word for him. God of war. He fights for you. He battles for you. Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. Jehovah Rapha. He's your healer. You got to know who God is for you so that when you go before him and you're empty and you don't have the strength, you don't have the words to say, if I couldn't say what I would just lift my hands, the Bible says that he knows the the utterings and the groanings of your spirit. He knows just the the, the numbers of tears, child, he bottles them up. You got to go before him and you can just weep and he'll just comfort you. You got the Holy Spirit as a gentleman. He's not going to force his way upon you. And just welcome his presence and let him fall on you and let him love on you. Let him pour out over you. Like oil. Like oil. So I just encourage you. I just encourage you, whoever is listening to this and you just feel empty and you feel depleted and you're just wondering, God, when is my restoration coming? When is my fresh wind coming? I speak it over you now in the name of Jesus. I speak it over you. And I implore you to get into your prayer closet and just 
play some worship music. You need, sometimes you don't need to play worship music because sometimes it can be a distraction. But you give your own song of worship and you sing a song of worship from your heart and you shift your atmosphere and watch God do the work. Watch God do the work. So let's go into prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you because you are mighty. We thank you because you are holy. We thank you because you are omnipotent. You are just so amazing and loving towards us. We thank you because we know that no matter what we go through, no matter how empty that we feel, that you are the great restorer and that you fill us up when we feel the most empty. We thank you because you know our hearts. You know the intentions of us. You know us better than we know ourselves and yet you still love us in spite of us. So Father God, to every person that is listening to this podcast, oh God, that feels empty, God, I ask you to breathe fresh wind upon them. Holy Spirit, I ask you to comfort their soothing, their aching hearts, oh God. I ask you, oh God, to soothe them, oh God. I ask them, oh, ask you, oh God, to cover them with your precious blood, oh God. I ask you, oh God, to just wrap them in your arms, let them feel your presence, oh God, as they go into worship, oh God, as they pour themselves out over you, oh God. God, that you, in return, God, pour your love. Let them feel your presence like they never have before, oh God. Let them feel you, oh God. And let them be filled up and refreshed and renewed, oh God. And God, have a new freshness to them. Let them be restored, oh God, and revigorated, oh God, and ready, oh God, to do what you have called them to do. We thank you, oh God, and we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And that will wrap up our encouragement segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I will see you guys next week. Love you. Bye.